better than this? Guys, me and dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Thursday episode of the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Chris Shuby Schubert, it's you and me, man. What's going on? I feel like I've been elevated from the practice squad, like day of game, to like be called up, be like, hey, we need you to play wide receiver today. All right, I, I got the call. I'm ready to go. Love it. And it, it's come quick for you. You know, you've been in the system for only a couple weeks. And I picked up on the playbook really, really quickly. Coaches really like what they've seen from me. So opportunity has presented itself and I've been elevated. <laughs> now it's time to stand and deliver. So um, here we are. It's me. It's you. We've got stuff to talk about. And I think maybe the most interesting storyline in the NFL right now is what's going on with Carson Wentz. Because in 2017, this guy was on an MVP run. I actually said this, and I don't know why I'm reminding people of something stupid that I said. I said Carson Wentz was the most indispensable player in the NFL, and that if you were going to start a franchise with any player, it should be Carson Wentz. This was 2017. Mm -hmm. It's not been great since then, Chris. It's not been great. It's been injuries. It's been teases of good play, particularly last year. But now we're at the point where – he is benched. They're playing Jalen Hurts, their second-round rookie, over a guy that they handed out a four-year, $128 million contract extension to that doesn't even start until next year. So let me ask the question this way, because I think there's a lot of different ways to go from here. Are, and that statement you made, obviously, people are going to bring up and destroy you on Twitter for. But let me let me ask it this way. Have what you've seen from Carson Wentz this season in 2020, has it changed how you feel about him as a quarterback? Like the evaluation you made of Carson Wentz, has it changed? Do you think he has regressed in a meaningful way to where you would want him to be the quarterback of your football team? Or do you think it is more because of factors outside of his control? Whew. Um, I'm concerned about a lot of things with Carson Wentz, uh, primarily the mental side of things, because as we get deeper into this, you start to wonder about the psyche stuff that I think we talked about on the Tuesday podcast with, you know, how he responded to the full situation and then how he responded to the Hertz situation, him being brought into the building and um, him not being able to perform optimally. You know, I don't think his supporting cast is at a level that justifies this play. I know it's not ideal. I know it's had injuries, but we're talking about the same system with Doug Peterson now for a while where at this point he should really be ascending and playing his best football with a full inventory of plays that have been developed to accentuate what Carson Wentz does well. I agree that there are some factors outside of his control that contributes here, but not to the point where you've, you've turned so far the other direction that you're benched for a second round pick rookie. 
Right, and we kind of saw this coming, right? When they made the Jalen Hurts pick, we all kind of scratched our head like, hmm, you kind of need a ton of other talent. You need to get your quarterback wide receiver help. Some offensive line would be nice to help protect your quarterback. And they went with Jalen Hurts, and we all thought, hmm, they signed Carson to an extension. They draft Jalen Hurts. What are they doing? What do they know that we don't know? And it, it just didn't all add up. And yet here we are, December 10th, and he gets benched yesterday. And we can even talk about the fact that you have players coming out, Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox coming out. They're like, oh, we support Carson. Carson's our guy. And it's like now you've created this environment in Philly where if Jalen doesn't work out, can you just go back to Carson? Your point about the psyche is Carson now gone? Because I have the stats in front of me, Joe, and, and maybe this will shock you because he played in all 16 games last year in 2019. 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions, so 64% completion percentage. The numbers on the surface don't look that bad, look very similar to the year he had in 2017, only played in the 13 games that year, had the 33 touchdowns and the seven picks. Decent, a decent year from Carson Wentz last year. And I sit here and, and go, if you asked me, hey, do you want Carson Wentz to be the quarterback of your franchise? Like, I think my immediate answer is yes to the question. But I wonder if we're too far gone with the Nick Foles stuff, now benching him for Jalen Hurts. Can he go back and be the same quarterback? Like if Jalen Hurts is a complete dumpster fire this week and Doug Peterson says, we're going back to Carson Wentz, can Carson recover from that? I don't think the answer to that question is yes. And I don't think there's much precedent for that being a thing. I don't think you see franchise quarterbacks, high first-round picks get benched, especially we're talking about he's in year five. This isn't, he's not like a second year player or first year player. This is his fifth year of his career. There's not much precedent for a guy at this point to be benched to come back and just pick up the reins and, you know, like refine his game. I don't, I don't think there's any precedent for that at all. No. And, and that makes me think that the, the likely scenario that's going to be best for the Philadelphia Eagles and for Carson Wentz is for Carson Wentz to be playing elsewhere in 2020. But then that opens up a can of worms because I have his over the cap numbers in front of me. <laughs> I don't know how you move Carson Wentz. Like it, it's physically impossible. I mean, he's owed $9.3 million in guaranteed salaries counts for almost $19 million against the cap. If you cut him next year, which is impossible because it, be, it would be $77.8 million in dead money. Like the Eagles put themselves into this corner kind of by design. They did it to themselves by giving him this contract, drafting Jalen Hurts, and now going to Jalen Hurts. They've probably tanked some of the trade value they could get out of Carson if they go with Jalen the rest of the way. Like, can, can Howie Roseman pull a rabbit out of the hat here? I don't know. You know, here's the thing is, if you're done with Carson, I understand that it stings and sucks and it's bad business to eat that dead cap, but it's probably even worse to just keep the guy around that you don't have any plans for in your future. You still owe Carson Wentz a bunch of money next year, whether he's playing for you or not. So. If he's not part of your plans and you believe that it's just it can never get back, which we all believe that it's pretty unlikely because there's no precedent for this ever happening. Count your losses. Do do the Todd Gurley thing that the Rams did and move on. Because that the sooner you can move on, the less, you know, the less this is just hanging over your organization. This isn't a guard or a cornerback, right? Or a line. This is the quarterback. This is the guy that you gave a massive extension to that you traded up for high into the first round and gave up significant draft capital to go get. 
you know, I, you can't let something like this linger. If you're done with Carson Wentz, be done with Carson Wentz and do it as soon as possible. All right. Well, then I got to ask this question because that's the this is the natural progression. So you think Jalen Hurts is the guy in Philly? Yes. Yeah, so that's where things get complicated. I think you can. I think you can create a scheme around Jalen Hurts where he can have some success. I like. I like things about Jalen Hurts in that I don't think he has limitations when it comes to athletic ability and arm talent, and I think that's a big-time benefit to him going into this. But I never watched Jalen Hurts for any elongated stretch of play in college, whether it's Oklahoma or Alabama, and thought to myself, this guy is a consistent passer, and I believe that he can be that in the NFL. I like so much about what he does, and maybe the structure and scheme that Doug Peterson can provide will get the best out of him. But you know, I think I think he's got a lot of work, lot to work on with his game. The good news is you've got a four game sample size right now to to see what you have in Jalen Hurts and help make that decision in the off season. I, I'm sorry that I just keep throwing questions at you, but the more that you say things, the more questions come to mind as we do this. Does Doug Peterson stick around as the coach if they move on from Carson Wentz? Like, I feel like that is a, a tandem thing. Or, like, if if the Eagles can't figure out Carson Wentz, like, sorry, Doug, like, you're not sticking around. I hear you on that. But Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl in 2017 with the Eagles. And, yeah, Carson Wentz was a big part of that regular season. But that playoff success and that late season success came with Nick Foles. So as much as we, I think we want to marry the two, and it makes sense to, that's, I mean, their best moments, D Doug Peterson's best moments in Philadelphia were not with Carson Wentz. So I don't think they're a package. Yeah, and maybe maybe he could get one shot at it with another quarterback, like he gets one full year with Jalen Hurts or somebody else if they if they get somebody from a different team or a free agent or something. Maybe he gets one more shot at it with somebody else. And then if that fails, it's like, okay, we're going to completely clean house and move on. But I just can't help. And maybe it's because I, we've seen the flashes from Carson. I can't help but feel like, and not to say that this is not the right way to do this, because sometimes guys just need to move on. Sometimes guys need to change the scenery, right? It's just not working in a specific environment anymore. But I can't help but think that like next season we're talking about Carson Wentz lighting it up for another team because he's in the right situation with the right structure around him talent wise. And we go, yeah, Philly, you should have figured this out yourself. Like I can't help but sit here and think that we'll be doing that in week eight next season. Well, and they're already dealing with a difficult hand, right? With their cap situation. They're like $80 million over the salary cap. So they're going to have to trim from their roster. So they're going to have less to work with next year not to mention all of the injuries that don't stop happening in Philadelphia. They've replaced their medical staff and the injury problems haven't gone away. And I do think that, you know, I think injuries are random to an extent, but I think certain organizations uh, manage the loads and, and what happens with their players better than others. And, and therefore I think they're rewarded more favorably when it comes to injuries and I mean, it's going to be tough for them. It's going to be tough. They are $65.3 million over the cap for next season. Yeah. I don't know where they're finding that money. <laughs> like, I just don't, I just, it, it, unless it's, unless it's Carson Wentz, right? Like, I, I just don't, 
unless, but I don't even know, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm doing it on overthecap.com. I'm doing the cut pre and post Jude one and doing all the trade. They don't save that money. Like that money doesn't get saved. No. And if that's it's, when, it's, you, and when you have the type of resources that you do committed to Carson Wentz, these are the moments where you're asking him to, to compensate for what you're not going to be able to have because you're committing so much salary cap space to him. And you've tried to build up this roster around him. He has to be that variable that is the difference maker. And there's nothing about the way Carson Wentz is playing that leads you to believe that he's capable of doing that. We here at the Locked On Network have been big-time proponents of the Built brand, and Built's newest product, Built Go, just ups the ante even more. It's a workout gel that's built to help you break through your mental or physical wall each and every day. It's easy to take. It comes in a one-and-a-half-ounce package. You put it in your back pocket, in your golf bag, in your briefcase, in your glove compartment, wherever, and it's always ready to go when you are. It's the best workout gel on the market. It's like five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. It's like drinking a Monster with a third of the caffeine and better results. It comes in three delicious flavors. My personal favorite is chocolate mint, but there's also peanut butter honey and chocolate coconut. Bilko combines energy gel with collagen protein, which is fast-absorbing, and it gets into your system fast, and it's easier on your stomach. It's loaded with the good stuff to ignite your system. Beta alanine, B3, honey, caffeine. And it's built to kick all day long with B6 and B12. So visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Can I can I share a take with you? And Maybe this will take us down a road we don't want to go down, but I'll share it anyway. I think this that means you definitely have to do it. Yeah. So next next year Carson Wentz will count for seventeen and a half percent of the Eagles cap space, right? Healthy chunk. And I've had this take for the longest time now that unless you are an elite quarterback, and the three quarterbacks I would put in that tier are Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and Russell Wilson. I think those are the only three that in today's game right now in 2020 meet that tier. Unless you're one of those three guys. I'm not paying a quarterback big money. I'm not doing it because it puts me in a situation like the Eagles find themselves with Carson Wentz. It puts me in a situation like like Dallas might be in if they pay Dak Prescott where they don't have money to pay other positions that they clearly need. I'll give you an example. The San Francisco 49ers structured Jimmy Garoppolo's contract perfectly. They can get out of it after this year. It doesn't cost them anything, and they can go on and find a new quarterback. But when they signed that deal, you saw that big number next to it, and you thought, oh, my goodness, that's a massive deal for Jimmy Garoppolo. The 49ers structured that in a really smart way that allowed them to move on from it. Because, Joe, and I'm not saying that Patrick Mahomes didn't deserve the money, but if you look at Patrick Mahomes' contract, if the Kansas City Chiefs don't win a Super Bowl like this season, all of a sudden, I start to wonder if they're going to be able to put together a roster that can win a Super Bowl in the next couple of years because Mahomes' cap number starts to go up and up and up and up. And this is the situation the Eagles find themselves in. They're paying a quarterback who should be a top 10 talent, is certainly not p- playing like a top 10 talent, but they're paying him like it, and now it's put them in this spot. Two big questions come to mind here. Well, I guess three things come to mind here in response of Everything you just said. Number one, you got to include Jared Goff in that discussion to an extent, I think, with the amount of money he's getting paid relative to his ability to elevate and overcome deficiencies on the roster. I think Jared Goff's a good quarterback. 
but if you're going to, you know, you're going to talk about the Prescott's and the, uh, the Wentz's, you know, I think, I think it's probably fair to put him in this. Uh, the next thing that I think about is Patrick Mahomes and his contract. The, as crazy as that deal is, you know, five, you know, half a billion dollars. The Chiefs don't owe him a single dollar of guaranteed money beyond 2024. That's every single year they can move on from, from Mahomes and save at least $42 million. So they they were very wise to give him all that guaranteed money. So it's it's a big, massive deal through 2024, and then it's year to year through 2032. So structure-wise there, I love it. You do make a good point, and I think that's exactly why the Dak Prescott deal hasn't happened yet, because some people subscribe to what you're saying. You have to be such a, a, a transcendent player that elevates things around you so much that you can make it viable for the organization to make concessions at other positions. Now that's always to me, this, whenever you make this decision to draft, to commit to these quarterbacks like this, it puts a lot more stress on you to hit on draft picks because you need cheap labor that fills meaningful roles at a high level. So mm-hmm. you better be prepared to trade back stockpile picks, keep that, keep that pipeline going. So that way you can continue to replenish your roster with young talented players. I, here's the thing though, man, like you, it can't just be three quarterbacks. In I mean, maybe there's just a lack of those elite guys, but should, should the Bills let Josh Allen go? Should is Lamar going to check the box there? Okay, so is Lamar Watson okay. Lamar is the example that I use all the time. That I love Lamar. I love watching Lamar play, but paying Lamar on the tier. And again, this is not a shot at Lamar in in more so that it's a discussion about the way that the quarterback position gets paid, because the way it works is when it's your turn, when it's when it's Jared Goff, when Jared Goff's time came for him to get paid, it was okay. I'm going to set the new the new mark, right? I'm going to be the new highest paid quarterback until the next person comes along. Well, guess what? If you do that with Lamar Jackson. I don't think the Ravens can fix other problems they have. So the answer, and this is going to, I can already feel it in my Twitter mentions, <laughs> can feel it, is I wouldn't pay Lamar Jackson because, and Joe, you brought up something there, is by paying Patrick Mahomes, and by the way, I do want to clarify something. I'm not saying that the Chiefs shouldn't have paid Patrick Mahomes, but if if Patrick Mahomes continues to be as, be as exceptional as we all think he is, in 2025 and 2026, he counts for $42 million against the cap. That inherently is going to limit the Chiefs' ability to build around him. As good as he can be, as great as he is, it still limits. And I'm just assuming that that's going to be the case. But yes, they can get out of the deal in creative ways down the road. But back to Lamar for a second. You paying Lamar that kind of money where he's making 35, 36, 37 million against the cap? I would rather take this chance, right? Instead of asking my scouting department and my GM, I'm going to pay this quarterback a crap ton of money, and I need you to hit every year on three, four, five picks in order to build my roster. Until I find that elite franchise, one of those quarterbacks on that tier that I just mentioned, every five years, I'm going to ask you, maybe every eight years with the franchise tag, I'm going to ask you to hit on one pick. I'm going to ask you to hit on the quarterback pick, and then I'm going to use my money elsewhere. What's more likely? We've seen first-round quarterback success be greater in recent years. Right, it it is it is not becoming as much of a crapshoot drafting that position as it used to be. Yes, listen, I can point to a bunch of quarterbacks that have been drafted five, six, seven years ago in the first round that never panned out. But 
we're starting to have a better gauge on who's going to transition well to the pros. I think I'd rather go down that road than have to ask my scouting department every year, hey, we got to win a Super Bowl. You got to hit on three of these picks, four of these picks. They got to be A pluses because I got to fill all these needs because I don't have any money. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Oh, it's tough, man. I, and I hear you because Derek Carr was the highest paid quarterback in NFL history at a point. It was Matt Stafford had his moment in the sun. So it is this cyclical nature. But I think at Patrick Mahomes, with Patrick Mahomes with an average annual salary of $45 million, I think he has done something good for teams. Because if you're going to take more than 45 a year, you got to be better than Patrick Mahomes. And that's the ultimate bargaining chip if I'm an organization. And if this continues to be this cycle that we keep seeing, when it's time for whatever quarterback, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, eventually Kyler Murray, you know, all these good young Justin Herbert, all these guys, it's time for their deals. You can't say, I want 46 million because you're not better than Mahomes. Like, it's not close. Yeah, but they're going to get. I mean, you're telling me that you would be shocked if Josh will use Josh Allen because he's your quarterback. You're telling me that you wouldn't be shocked if he got in the range of where Deshaun and Russ are right now. Yes, exactly. And I think he has a. If he continues to play like he does, right, has this year, he has a case to to get that money. Okay, that's anywhere from thirty five to thirty nine million dollars. Right, and that hamstrings. Here's here's my point, right? And and the Chiefs did this right. They won the Super Bowl with the quarterback on the rookie deal, right? So they don't have to worry about necessarily pressing to win a championship. They want to win more, but they kind of won one already. They're in position to win another one. And if they do that, then maybe the conversation in Kansas City changes a little bit. But but Joe, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a complete hypothetical at you, right? The Bills don't win a Super Bowl during Josh Allen's rookie deal. They pay him thirty-five to thirty-nine million dollars. Do you think it's more likely that they win a Super Bowl after he signs that deal, or less likely? Well, I, I think given the trajectory of Josh Allen, I think he's still continuing to ascend as a player. I think it's probably less likely because you're going to have less on the roster. But I look at Josh Allen as the type of talent that can elevate the team around him. He's not a he's not a golf. He's not a Derek Carr. He's got different types of physical skill and ability and competitive drive that can make up for some of what you lose in paying that quarterback. I mean, you watch football every Sunday. You're watching these teams. Mm-hmm. You're, see, you're seeing horrible quarterback. I mean, everywhere across the league, right? I mean, it's quarterback play is up, but the, the difference between the top five and the, the bottom 10 is so huge. And like, if you have a guy that's playing in that top five, six, seven, eight range. How do you how do you let that go? How do you, how do you not say say I need this because I I see what these other teams have, right? And and I think to to use the Chiefs as the example once again, the Rams are the opposite of that, right? The Rams tried to do what the Chiefs did before the Chiefs did it, and they got to the Super Bowl and lost, and then they paid Jared Goff and. 
let's be real, because they paid Gurley, because they paid Goff, because they shelled out all that money, it there was a there was a down year in there where they had to kind of restructure things and figure things out and and reshape their roster. And now they've kind of turned it around this year and they're playing better. And we like the direction that they're going in, but they don't have cap space next year. So if they fall short and they feel that they need a piece or two, well, they're not going to be able to do it through free agency. They're going to have to do it through the draft. And I guess where I fall on this is Josh Allen, by the time the conversation needs to be had for him to get a new contract, he might have played himself into that conversation. I think the best example for this, and by extension, the conversation we were just having about Carson Wentz, is Dak Prescott, right? I don't feel that if the Cowboys put all their chips in the middle and said, you know what, we're riding with Dak Prescott, we're going to give him the long-term contract, we're going to give him that Russell Wilson-like deal, that Deshaun Watson-like deal, I don't sit at home, see that contract roll across the bottom line on ESPN and go, you know what, the Cowboys, they're complete. They've figured it out. But the moment that check gets handed over from Jerry Jones to Dak Prescott, their roster's locked in. That's the issue I have with this. That's why, like, look at what happened with Atlanta and Matt Ryan. Look at what happened in Detroit with Matt Stafford. Like, these, these contracts ultimately kind of lock you into the roster you have, and most of these teams aren't there. They're just not. Like, I, Joe, do you disagree with me on Dak? Like, if the Cowboys gave him a long-term money, are they all of a sudden fine? No, they they've proven that. But I think I think the reason that they're strapped is because of bad contracts at other positions. I don't think Dak's not their problem. Jalen Smith and Tyron Smith and Ezekiel Elliott, those are their problems. The, the money that they're giving those players for the production that they're getting back. So you can't, again, your margin, whether it's the draft or handing out other contracts, your margin for error decreases. But you, you can't have that kind of money tied up in Zeke, a freaking running back in this NFL. That's what's strapping their roster. And, and what, go ahead. I just don't think they should compound the problem, is what I'm saying. Like paying Dak compounds the problem there in Dallas. Not having a quarterback makes gives you an, a worse problem to deal with. Because I already think, Dak Prescott can't overcome that stuff. You're gonna a rookie is Zach Wilson or Trey Lance is gonna solve these problems. No, no, I, I don't I don't disagree. That Dallas is Dallas is a is a very interesting situation. I just I don't know. I get really skeptical about giving out those big money contracts to quarterbacks if your roster isn't just the absolute complete it can be, like the Chiefs roster is, right? They're the perfect example of this. They have the elite quarterback. Uh, I think we all think he's probably the best quarterback in football right now. Him and Rodgers, you can go back and forth on it. And they have a roster that can win a Super Bowl this year, probably win a Super Bowl next year. It's after that that it becomes a question mark. But by then, if you have two, maybe three Super Bowl rings, that's that's going to be noise to people in Kansas City. It is. Yeah. It's just going to be noise. So that's the difference. Winning changes this this conversation. But but boy, like to tie this back into Carson Wentz, that like the Eagles have themselves in this spot where next year he's going to count for seventeen and a half percent of the cap. They have a ton of things they need to fix. Could that money have been better used elsewhere? And then them using, I, I don't know. I just, I have a really tough time seeing some of these quarterback contracts and being like, yeah, you're going to win a Super Bowl on that second deal with, with your young quarterback. Like, I just, I struggle with it. I know it's an unpopular opinion. I know. I understand that. I'm ready for the Twitter mentions, but I just. So, 
it leads me to a question that I now have for you. And believe it, believe it or not, we had other things to talk about today. Yeah. But this conversation has evolved, and I, I've really enjoyed it. Let me, so you've you've talked you you identified Mahomes, Rogers, Wilson. Those are your three guys that you play that you give the stupid money to and live with it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I need there has to be thresholds, there has to be tiers here because the, it can't be you either have one of those elite guys that you've identified those three or you don't, and if you don't, you don't pay them. So where do you fall on this? Are you okay with the Teddy Bridgewater three year, sixty six million dollar deals? that can kind of get you by? Are you drafting a first-round quarterback every four years or three years or something like that to, to continue stirring the pot to find this guy? Like, where are your thresholds? And and do you – I mean, I'm not – I don't want to introduce the word settle in this discussion, but, I mean, eventually at some point you're not going to find – I mean, Mahomes, those guys are rare. Yes. So I think ultimately the goal here – is to find that top-tier quarterback, to find that Mahomes, Rodgers, Wilson, right? I mean, I have, I'm looking at it in front of me, and, and Joe, I'll actually, I'll share my screen with you so you can see what I've done uh, the other day. I actually tiered out the quarterbacks, right? I tiered okay. them out, and I, and I put them in lists here. So I have that top tier of Mahomes, Rodgers, Wilson. The tier below, I have, this is a large group, and I'll explain why they're in the order that they're in, Brady, Stafford, Allen, Ryan, Carr, Breeze, Roethlisberger, right? In that second tier, Joe, Tom Brady at one point would have been on that top tier. Matt Ryan would have been on that top tier for maybe a two-year stretch. Drew Brees was on that top tier. Roethlisberger was on that top tier. But as they age, they obviously slide down the pecking order. But at the time, yes, you pay Brady. Yes, you pay Breeze. Yes, you pay Roethlisberger. Matt Ryan, okay, we could have had a conversation about that. But, Joe, you'll notice I got your quarterback right there on that list. I have Josh Allen on that list. I think I, that's he should be. And I'm right. not, not going to sit here and be all homer Josh Allen, but the way he's played this year, is it's kind of undeniable that he's trending towards – you have him as border, borderline elite, and I think that's a fair place to put him and based on where he's going. and So, yeah, but I, I, I don't know. I kind of look at this, and I'm a little offended that guys like Derek Carr are in this list right now. I think you're slandering Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is a, a very, very, very good quarterback. That's why he's on this tier list. But but his, but his, see, the, th- the difference is, is I think with Allen and Carr, their arrows are trending upwards, knocking on the door of that top group, whereas guys like Brady, Breeze, Roethlisberger, their arrows trending downward as, the, as, as they'll fall tiers, right? So it, it's, a, it's, it's very fluid the way that this chart moves. And you'll notice in the tier right below is where I have, and ignore the name of the tier, Joe. I just use these as different different levels. I have Herbert, Lamar, Tannehill, Watson, Rivers, Wentz, Dak in that third tier. I don't really feel comfortable giving elite money to any of those guys in the in the third tier yet. Not even Justin Herbert, who I love. Can we get? I, you're throwing me off on Watson here. How are how in the hell is Watson in this tier with Rivers and Wentz? I mean. Is it because the team's not good? Like you're seeing it, you're seeing Deshaun without the right things around him and the team's not succeeding. But I mean, good Lord, Watson's playing at a high level. I don't think this is Watson's fault at all. Joe, I have him like QB 13. I'm not not slandering the guy. That might be eight. I mean, that's a lot. That's that's off. That's off big time for me. Okay. And 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 I'm willing to have these arguments over these quarterbacks, but I, I, I think... That tier right there, basically for me, is guys that I think could move up into the into that next tier to where I would consider paying them, but they're not there yet. 
Now Deshaun got paid, right? So I, I, you know, I can't say to t- to take the contract back. You can't do that. Tannehill got paid, right? I can't say take the contract back. Rivers obviously is is in this tier because of the way that he plays. But in no way am I considering giving him any sort of next contract. He's he's trending downward, right? I think the group that is really important in this conversation, Joe, is that next tier of Burrow, Baker, Tua, Kyler. Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff's in that group as well. That's kind of the tier where if you start to be on this tier, tier four of quarterback, I, I listen, I don't care if you were drafted in the first round. I don't care how well you've played. If this is the tier that I have you on, I can't justify giving you a contract. Now, in the case of Burrow and Tua, they're going to move up as they play more. Same thing with Kyler. They're going to move up as they play more. And they could ultimately end up in that borderline elite tier where you have that conversation. But Baker, I'm not paying Baker right now. Not doing it. No, and I think I think that's that's a good quarterback to bring this discussion to. Because right now, coming into this offseason that we're we're heading into, that's the exact offseason that Watson and Mahomes got paid, you know, in the timeline of their career. So it would be the 2018 quarterbacks class. It's their opportunity to get those extensions, right? So I, I think some of the guys are not. There's no chance, right? Darnold and Rosen, but for Lamar Baker and Josh Allen, they're they're due. It's time. It's time for them. They're at the same point at Watson and Mahomes were in uh, when they received their extensions. So I don't know if if any of those has commanded that money because what's funny about the 2018 class is if you go year by year, after 2018, the best quarterback was Baker Mayfield. After 2019, the best quarterback was Lamar Jackson. After 2020, the best quarterback is going to be Josh Allen. So that's really crazy to me that you've had three completely different answers on who the best guy is going to be. And that, to me, makes it a different discussion in that, well, maybe you don't give any of them the big extension. You pick up the fifth-year option, but you buy yourself one more year before you start talking about handing these guys 35 to $40 million a year. Yeah, I, I certainly think that that's uh, a opportunity that, that 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 it's a path for teams to go down, right? To to do that, but then you also run the risk of, you know, I don't I don't want to say hurt their feelings, but they could certainly feel a little jaded by the nature of, hey, you're not coming to the table to talk extension, right? You you never want to you never want to play that game if you really feel this is also a perception based thing, right, Joe? Like inside Buffalo's offices they could feel that, hey, Josh Allen's on that top tier that I have, right? And the top tier that I think you agree with, right? They could feel that way. They could feel that way in Baltimore about about Lamar. They could feel that way in Cleveland about Baker. But if you don't feel that way, if you're still in that wait-and-see mindset, paying the quarterback comes with inherent amounts of risk. In the new CBA era, Joe, think about this. And if there's an answer, I'd love to discuss it. Is there a quarterback, a rookie quarterback, that after they got their second extension, that they went on to have prolonged success making conference championship games, making Super Bowls? I can't think of one off the top of my head. I, I, what a, Manning, Breeze, Brady, okay, Roger. They, they were old CBA, and none okay. of those guys found themselves near the top. Like Eli Manning was never one of the top paid quarterbacks. Tom Brady was never one of the top paid quarterbacks, right? Nice guy. Nice guy that Tom Brady was, huh? Yeah, restructuring those deals all those years. Just yeah, living off that model money. But like uh, even even like Joe, even Russ. Russ was a third round pick. He signed that second deal 
And you know, check I check on my notes here. They won the Super Bowl when he was a when he was you know on that first time right. contract. And I I think I can point to the drafting and the 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 how they've allocated resources in Seattle and say, well, I can tell you exactly why Russell Wilson hasn't won another Super Bowl yet. But is the sample size big enough? Have have guys had these types of opportunities to get second extensions? Well, let's look at the the, the picture that we have here. Maybe we'll po- post this picture on the Twitter account so people can yell at me. Oh, you're gonna get killed! Don't uh, don't post this. Don't post this. Fine, I, I'll I'll accept any any sort of Twitter hate that comes my way. Matt Stafford was one of the last quarterbacks under the old CBA, right? I, I'm trying to use my my memory here off the top of my head. I think he was. So he's 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 a bad example. But Matt Ryan, I mean, again, made it to a Super Bowl, didn't win it, blew a 28 to three lead. Thinks thinks he needs to be reminded of that. And they, they haven't really recovered from that, right? Derek Carr, I don't think he's he's hindering Las Vegas' ability to build a roster, right? I don't, I don't think he makes enough. No, to but they've also card. taken the blitz approach of having tons of draft picks. Which you can do, Joe. I'm not, I, I, I'm not, like, this is not a blanket statement that I'm throwing out there, right? I, I just think overall, what's more likely? And maybe I'm the novice here, and you and Kyle will will teach me. But I just think I'd rather have I'd rather ask my scouts once every five to eight years. Hey, can you hit on a quarterback that can at least be above average? Doesn't have to be elite, but he can at least you know be a decent game manager and keep me in football games once every five years. And hopefully, the guy you pick can be elite rather than every year walk into my scouting department and say, Hey guys, I need you to hit on four of our seven draft picks this year. Cause I paid our quarterback $50 million. And uh, I have no room to add to this roster because we're all getting the teams getting older and I need to make moves like in my head. I think I'd have more success asking the scouting department and my draft team to do path a over path B. I think the common ground that we can find Chris is that I do think you should be selective about paying quarterbacks and that you have to be prepared to live with the consequences of doing that. So I do think that there's, there's some good common ground that we can find right there because there are quarterbacks that are in back to where we started this discussion, Carson Wentz, that is putting his team in a bind. Now, Carson Wentz had no business regressing to the point that he has. And, you know, I've, I've seen the question actually on Carson Wentz, like, did he do enough to even warrant the extension that he got? You know, I, I mean, 2017 was pretty magical. He was he was a good player last year, but he got that extension going into last year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, let me pull it up here. Uh, he got that contract extension on June 10th, 2019. He signed a four-year, $128 million extension. So he signed it after the 2018 season. Yeah, so which, I, which he played 11 games. Completed almost seventy percent of his passes, twenty-one touchdowns, seven picks. So they, they had the they had sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen. That was all they had. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know what? Here you go. Here's the money. That they didn't need to do it. They unless it was the psyche stuff. Like, okay, we've got to show you confidence. And I'm good gracious, that's a that's a <laughs> expensive way to show you have confidence in a guy. And so, Joe, that exact situation that the Eagles were in with Carson Wentz is the situation that Cleveland's in with Baker, Baltimore's in with Lamar, and Buffalo's in with Josh Allen. So pick up the fifth-year option and, and kick the can down the road. The problem is, though, 
you kick the can down the road, it just becomes more expensive. If they continue to play well, right? If Josh yeah. Allen has another MVP type season, then then guess what? You you then start <laughs> talking about. Hmm, right. I think I I'm worth Mahomes' money. Right. Yeah. If, if Josh is if Josh is this again next year, especially without Brian Dable, Bills are going to pay him forty plus. But then, but then the sample size gets to a point where you start to think, okay, maybe Josh Allen is on that tier. I'm not saying he is, but if you have another year of, of this kind of production, then I'm more willing to have the conversation. But sitting here right now, I Lamar's not an elite quarterback. I'm sorry, he's just not. Right? Like Baker Mayfield's not an elite quarterback. And right now, if you have a quarterback that enters free agency, you have to pay them elite quarterback money. You have to pay them $35 plus million dollars a year. You just have to. Christopher, I'm, I'm sorry. Shoot. I did not mean to take us in that direction here. No, this Thursday. is this was great. We thought this would be an eight, nine minute talking point. We go almost 40 minutes on it. And uh, the other stuff we had to talk about to hell with it. We're not <laughs> we're not going to get to it, uh, but we are going to get to a live episode of Draft Dudes tonight, 730 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's would you rather it's hypotheticals. Bring them to the table. It'll be Chris and I. And, um, you know, Chris has got some, some fun personality. He, he's capable about, of talking about a lot of different things. So bring the fun stuff to the table tonight. YouTube, uh, is where you can find us. YouTube.com slash the draft network live at 7 30 PM. Make sure you're subscribed and hit those post notifications so that it's turned on and you are alerted when we go live every Monday and Thursday at 7 30 PM Eastern time. Uh, as always, we do thank you so much for listening. We kindly ask that you share, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. We'll catch up with you later on tonight.